Welcome to Behind the Brands. So, you found us. <laughs> well done, you. Our little podcast all about the fashion industry. Let me just tell you about the host and the creator of this podcast. The guy's from the UK and his name is Warren Parker Mills. Warren's literally worked with some of the best people in the business and met some incredible brands along the way. Now he feels it's time to kind of do things a little differently. He'll be catching up with amazing storytellers from across the globe as they share some of those unwritten secrets that they've managed to figure out for themselves. From brands you'll recognize to small artisan creators that have mastered their craft. You'll hear about their collections, sales, and their ongoing quest for sustainability. So if you're an aspiring designer, an influencer, or just a massive fan of listening to fascinating conversation, stay right where you are. Hi there, welcome to the podcast. I hope you're well. Um, thanks for joining us. And uh, if you're new to the podcasts, then welcome. And uh, if you've listened to a few before, thank you very much for continuing to support the podcasts. And I'd just like to say, whilst I've got your attention, a massive thanks to those people who have sent me messages um, by email or direct messages on the Facebook page and um, and also left reviews. It's It really means a lot to me. And really helps me kind of push on and give you more more and more on a weekly basis. So thank you again for that. So today's show, I'm talking to a guy called Luke May. And Luke's the key account manager for the denim brand Wrangler. Uh, I had a great chat with Luke. We talked a lot about his um, his entry into that sales role within a fashion brand and how he went from retail to kind of getting on the road and doing what he does today. It's pretty obvious that he loves his job, and I really do hope you enjoy listening to his story. So sit back, get a coffee uh, or a cuppa, and enjoy the show. And as usual, I'll catch up with you on the other side of the conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Luke. How are you, mate? You good? Um, I'm very well, thank you, mate. Thank you for having me. Good man. Well, it's great to have you on. Um, I just wanted to try and have a quick chat with somebody else in the industry who actually has done what I've done for many, many years. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do, Luke? Yeah, no problem. Uh, so I'm basically the UK and Ireland key account manager for, for Wrangler Jeans. Um, we're part of the group Contour Brands, which for people that are unfamiliar with us, um, we are fairly recent. We're still in our infancy. We are basically the aftermath of a split from from VF. Um, okay. So yeah, so we um, alongside Lee Jeans um, separated from the VF Corporation, and, and we created our our new venture Contour Brands. And basically, a part of my role is just to look after the wholesale side of the business. Um, yeah. So accounts such as ASOS, Slaters, Shores. Um, so yeah. Cool. Good. All right. And again, just for the benefit of the listeners there, the VF Corporation, they're a, they're a big concern, aren't they? I mean, they've got lots and lots of brands and I mean, they've been going for years. And I don't know how, how many employees are at VF. Do you know? Any uh, how many what? Sorry. How many employees are at VF? Oh, tens of thousands. Of yeah, it's yeah. absolutely huge. Obviously, both companies are global companies. So, yeah. you know, in terms of the size and stature, you know, the, the multi-billion pound corporations and definitely got employees probably in all, all corners of the world yeah yeah cool grand all right so do you want to give us a bit of an overview of, of what wrangler is all about and a bit about the history yeah sure so um wrangler uh, is a heritage denim brand as everyone knows you know they've been knocking around for for 70 plus years um and only 
recently we actually celebrated our 70th uh, anniversary. So for for me, that was one of the main reasons that attracted me to the brand. Um, yeah. You know, the, uh, a brand that has archives and archives of, of, of products and styles and, uh, you know, it might be graphics, it might, it might be different styles of denim jeans, it might be different styles of Western jackets and shirts and, you know, most definitely that is the the prime reason why I joined the brand. Um, yeah. And, and, and how my- did you get into it? How, how did you get into the trade? Because it's the thing is, Luke, as, as obviously we can talk about later on, it's a difficult thing to get that first job in the trade. You know, I, I know when I joined the, the industry many, many years ago, um, it was just trying to get my foot in the door, you know. And then once you're in, you're kind of in. I remember someone once said to me, you know, it's one of those jobs one of the industries that you'll never want to leave once you're in it you're in it how how did you get into it what's what's the background there how did you get into into the industry Uh, without sounding sounding sort of too cringy um i basically started from the bottom (laughs) Uh, and that wasn't a you know a direct quotation to any drake lyrics there but um (laughs) i basically started in retail and it wasn't actually a path I kind of thought I was going to go down in all honesty. It was right. kind of a, a stopgap in between me being a, a naive 18 year old and, and sort of thinking, you know, what do we do next? Uh, you know, I've, I've dropped, freshly dropped out of university. I've, I've, I have ambitions and plans to join the police. And I was thinking I need to get a job. Uh, yeah. You know, my mum was not, not going to let me move back home and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, sit on my arse, so to speak. So I actually yeah. got a job part-time in Selfridges, um, working alongside some of the, you know, real top designer brands like Maharishi, uh, Alexander McQueen. And I I just, I just loved it. I I generally love working alongside those brands and, you know, the the clientele that walked through the doors, footballers at the time, uh, even pop stars, I thought, you know what, this will do. And then... It's kind of been a, uh, a you know rocky roller coaster over like six to seven years in retail, and I got to that point where I was like, oh God, you know where where do I go from here again? I sort of felt I was at a crossroads, and yeah. um, ironically, I actually got a call from a, an old colleague I actually worked with in Selfridges, who had moved over to to the wholesale side of things at Void Jeans and. You know, he basically wanted me to come up to, to Preston for, for a chat up there. And I, I, I haven't yeah. looked back, you know, six yeah. years later into the wholesale side, you yeah. know, of my life in fashion. Um, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, I've, it was just a, a, a one, one in a lifetime opportunity of taking a call at the right time with the right person and, and obviously going up there. And, uh, you know, I've never looked back. And ironically, again, the, uh, the lad that actually called me, uh, Jan Goddard, we actually work together now at Wrangler. Oh, right. uh, it's okay. actually the third time we've crossed paths now in our in our working <laughs> lives. So yeah, yeah. Um, and was that self-producing Manchester? Is that where you were based? Yeah, were? Trafford Centre. Yeah, yeah Trafford okay. Centre. Yeah. yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. So you joined Wrangler. You've always been with Wrangler, or have you worked with any other brands? So uh, yeah, first joined uh, the wholesale side of things with Boy Jeans, um, and then I actually moved into um, uh, to a company called NSL Northern Suede Leather, um, who are an outerwear supplier in in North Manchester. You know, I went from working for a brand going into um, you know the supplier side, which really did open my eyes up to 
you know, a different part of the wholesale market, you know, in regards to like shipments, um, you know, uh, any, everything from the initial uh, costing meetings, development meetings, all the way to gold seal, delivering goods into the country, FOB, et cetera. And, you know, I really thought I knew a lot about retail and fashion, but yeah, I, I definitely, you know, went into that new role as, as an eye opener and, um, you know, I learned a hell of a lot from the guys, you know, I definitely used it to my advantage moving into my, my role at Wrangler and, you know, I've been at Wrangler now, um, nearly five years to be fair. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a good, yeah. good, and good you, innings. And you just worked your way up the ranks as such. So were you working a territory previously or? or yeah, it was, it was kind of a mix at Voy. It was, I had, um, I supported on a bank who, who were part of the JD group um, at the time and then a lot of the Northern Territory patch and yeah. it was some Welsh and, and Scotland guys in there um, but predominantly the North and then the lever out to wear supplier role was was UK national uh, it was picking up business where we could uh, I was brought in to the to the role as predominantly just to bring in new business and um, you know I kind of didn't look you know, into a one-sided area. It was, it was, you know, I, I got my teeth into anything <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and, and anywhere. Yeah, um, yeah. And then when I moved into Wrangler, it was to just look after the North. Um, and then recently in the last like two years, I've, I've been promoted to key account manager here. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. I think what would be great is let's, let's take it back. Cause again, I don't, I don't want to kind of overcomplicate things with the listeners <laughs> here, but what I really want to try and do is, Obviously, I've done your job at, yep. at, that, at that level, at, at territory level, and then moved through and key account, national accounts and such forth. And it's, it is a fascinating job. And it's, it's really interesting because I also came from a, a retail background as well and went to the other side. And it, you're right. It is very, very different, isn't it? You know, you kind of when you see the product on the on the shop floor or on the on the rails, there's one thing. But actually understanding how it gets to that point is really important. So do you want to talk a little bit, Luke, about your campaigns? Because you will have sales campaigns by season. Yeah. Um, is, is that the way that Wrangler works? Are they working in, in two seasons or eight seasons or injections? How does it normally work? Do you want to take us through that process? Yeah, no problem. So we have four selling campaigns, um, which have been slightly different this year. And next of obviously the current climate <laughs> that we unfortunately find ourselves in. So that's been quite a, a challenge um, because the normal wholesale kind of calendar is, has been twisted and chopped and changed. And, mm. you know, I think a lot of brands have, have adapted and, and tried to find their own kind of, you know, DNA that will work for them and their own formula. Um, yeah. But in an ideal wholesale calendar, um, we would have two main, two main line collections and two injection ranges. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'd usually have spring, summer, um, and then we'll go into a um, full preview collection, which would land as sort of a high summer range. Okay. Uh, then we'd go into the fall winter campaign and then what we'd class as spring preview. But I always call it a pre-Christmas drop. Yeah. OK. OK. And again, just for the benefit of the listeners, how far in advance of that product hitting the stores are you out with the campaigns? It usually works about six months, to be fair. Yeah. 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 OK. OK. So in an ideal world we would have been doing trade shows over the last couple of months and we would have been generating orders for 
which season for spring summer spring summer yeah spring summer 21 spring, summer 21 yeah okay okay that's cool and what's your thoughts about the trade shows because obviously you're right the whole industry has kind of been turned upside down on its head with regards to brands and the way they operate and i know that some brands have held back on collections have used potential forward collections and are going to re-engineer those again what's your thoughts on the trade shows at the moment do you think it's something that's going to be a detriment to the industry that we haven't been able to keep in the in the same format that we've had previously um i don't think it'd be detriment i think a lot of brands have been able to adapt quite quickly to this new digital age and dare i say it that you know the whole team's cause at the moment and you know there are brands have sort of developed their own kind of digital selling tools and stuff. So I personally think not having trade shows will be detrimental in the future. I think initially mm. we've all managed to kind of find our feet in order to, you know, overcome these challenges that everyone's been presented with. Um, I mm. personally love trade shows. Um, yeah. Do I think they've been on a bit of decline? Yes. Nevertheless, you know, I, I really do think there's an opportunity for a trade show to flourish and develop. And one of the ones that I personally enjoy is AIS. Um, yeah. It's predominantly quite an old school um, trade show, um, yeah. but it's definitely evolved in the last few years that I've been going down. And, you know, with the brands that are coming through the door, um, you know, it's a really, really strong show. It's free parking, it's free food, free coffee, free tea, free biscuits. You know, it's it's definitely a blessing to be fair. Yeah, but I just yeah. miss I, mean, I miss that interaction with um, you know, and, and the buzz of a trade show. So I hope they come back around again and I hope that mm. when they do, when this all blows over, you know, they come back with a bang. Um yeah. I feel like we just we don't want to have that kind of ripped out you know, we don't want the heart ripped out of that that side of the wholesale business because uh, you know I have personally benefited along with the brands over the years from trade shows so you know I wouldn't want that to be um, you know I don't want that to be lost yeah yeah Yeah. I think you're right I mean certainly from a from an industry point you know I remember the the heady days of probably a little bit before your time brands uh, shows like 40 degrees for instance down in Hills court and then obviously bread and butter in berlin and barcelona and all those shows and it, you're right luke it is one of those opportunities that you get to connect with your customers and and not just talk about obviously what you're doing but kind of talk about the industry and what's happening at the industry it's ironic because most of the business certainly when we were in berlin was probably done in the buddha bar you know not yeah. not in the show and um it is it would be a shame if you do miss those those um those connection points but you're right trade shows have been struggling over the last few years and and someone like ais which makes it very very easy for people to do business and that's what's so good about those types of shows people are actually writing business correct and without the business being written then you know we're all going to struggle with an industry so um yeah i completely i completely get why you're missing those trade shows because they are such an integral part of uh, of the industry and um with regards to the people when you joined wrangler was there anyone that kind of took you under their wing as such i mean you mentioned the guy previously what kind of management style did, did they have within that business um well when i initially joined wrangler my my sales manager was adam mantle um you know and i can thank him a lot for my progression within the business and 
you know, him putting his trust in me to develop into a key account manager. Um, but alongside mm. Adam at the time was the strategic key account manager, which was Reese Jones, who now actually is my boss. Um, okay. So where I learned a lot from from Adam as a manager, you know, I also learned a lot from Reese as he, how he managed his key accounts and, and his relationships that he developed there. So, you know, they were the sort of two guys that took me under the wing and, and uh, moulded me into the man I am today at Wrangler. Yeah. <laughs> and, what, and what do you think, as a key account manager, what, what do you think makes a great key account manager? Um, I think the one thing that I needed to personally develop on was organisation. As a sort of a on the road rep, you know, you're kind of behind the car and the wheel and it was quite a structured week. Um, mm. You know, your Monday to Thursdays was out on the road and, you know, you're in front of the customer or you're in the showrooms. And I kind of felt as a key account manager, there's a lot more logistics and, and you know, kind of admin behind the scenes that you need to really take a hold of and structure yourself from the beginning of the week right to the end. So, you know, I'd definitely say organisation is is the key to becoming, you know, a strong key account manager. And, you know, I think that's a, a, something I personally try to develop in myself. And, you know, it's it's something that although I would like to say I'm good at, you know, you never know with fashion. There's always stuff that gets thrown at you daily. You try and structure your week yeah. out, but you can never predict what's going to happen, especially in this current climate as well. Yeah, yeah. And what about your relationship with your customers? Because I know Mondays are kind of merchandising days, aren't they, where they're looking at sales and, and everything over the weekend. How is your relationship with your customers? How close how close do you do how, how often do you speak to those guys? Is that is that how often? How regular? Yeah, I think more recently now with, with obviously the the time sort of changing, you know, I've tried to structure my week and uh, and catch up either on a weekly or bi-weekly basis with some of my key accounts. Um, mm. Before that, I was very much kind of uh, an old school kind of account manager. You know, I like to do the meetings, but also, you know, have that relationship where you would, you would go out and wine and dine to say, to say the least. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and it was a really good way of kind of d- developing your relationships and, and creating a partnership, not just on a professional level, but, also on a personal level as well. And, and hmm. you know, it's always reassuring that, you know, when you pick up the phone, you can, you can speak to your customers and be really transparent and, and, and vice versa as well. And, and I've definitely learned that coming into, you know, the key account manager role, you can be solving a lot of a- analytical things very quickly when you have that type of relationship and hmm. not necessarily hide behind an email culture. I feel like that's kind of a, you know, um, a bit of a drowning point to be honest in the key account mm. side of the business and mm. you'd be surprised at how quick you can solve things just by picking up the phone so that's yeah. kind of the way i'd like to um you know if anyone that's looking to go into key account management side of of, uh, of the business you know i'd definitely say pick up the phone and you'll solve a hell of a lot more yeah i i agree with you entirely you know i think one of the things one of the reasons i put this podcast together was to kind of to kind of get to the other side of the industry, you know, and I think what the, the points that you've just made there, Luke, are really valid because it is all about people. It's yep. all about relationships and it's all about everybody's got problems, but it's not the industry is not 
corporate. I mean, it looks corporate from yep. a consumer's perspective sometimes. You know, yeah. they see the high gloss magazines and they see the Instagram and everything else. But it is very much an interpersonal relationship that you have with your customers. Um, and just just on, on your career then with, with Wrangler, what would you say has been a career highlight, Luke? What, what have you done that you just think, oh, my God, that was just that was just so good. And it doesn't have to be with results in sales. It can just be something that happens that, that kind of comes through. I think if we're looking at the uh, last 18 to 24 months, I think it's uh, surviving a multi-billion pound company changeover, Brexit and a global yeah. pandemic. But no, listen, I think to be completely honest, you know, in in my fashion career, it would be probably finding my calling and moving into the wholesale side of the industry. Um, yeah. um, you know, I was very good at, sales in a retail store and you know i i did enjoy management but you know the wholesale side of the business completely opened my eyes up and um you know i think i realized how important it was because i still remember my very first wholesale appointment um which was with uh ian going ian gone from schmooze up in in scotland and to me that just shows how much it meant for me to be there so i think that was probably my career highlight to date and there has been many more don't get me wrong you know within sales you get the highs you get the lows but mm. you know i think for me personally making that move into wholesale was probably my career highlight to date yeah and what would you say is the most challenging part of the job then luke i know i know what my challenging part was but what's yours what's what would you say in your job role now you think oh god this is this is hard I think, to be honest, you know, I think we kind of touched on it before, you know, in fashion, every day really can be so different. You know, you can try your hardest to to pre-plan and organise your week, but, you know, the industry really can throw anything at you where you kind of sometimes sit there and think, why is this happening to me? You know, it's only Monday, you know, <laughs> you know, where, where am I going to get through these next few days to, to find it for Friday? And, you know, it really does test you and, and your character and, I think you just need to work together to find solutions, overcome them, um, you know, and, and I kind of have a little laugh to myself sometimes when I'm out shopping, you know, and mm. I see people umming and ahhing over purchasing an item of clothing in, and mm. I feel like, do you know how much blood, sweat and tears have gone into <laughs> getting that T-shirt in front of you? And, you know, the fashion industry really do work very hard to be, to yeah. be the best. And, yeah. you know, I think that's, it's kind of an, an overview of, of what is the challenging part of your job. You know, it's really just being able to adapt at the challenges yeah. that get thrown at you. And Microsoft yeah, Excel yeah. can be a bit of a minefield sometimes. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm still learning on that every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A nightmare. Absolute nightmare. So actually, when you go shopping, what kind of brands are you into then, Luke? Are you into denim brands or what's what's your kind of style? What do you like to buy? Um, it's, it's it's uh, quite a hard question, to be fair. You know, I think men are definitely more brand loyal when it comes to, to shopping. And I think my guilty pleasure is, is trainers, to be honest, when it comes to, okay. to sneakers, you know, and, and all the launches that are happening. You know, I I go crazy. I've got probably over 200 <laughs> pairs of trainers and I really wow. do need to call it. Um, you know, I don't really have any favourites, you know, if it comes to you know, my favorite kind of shape and silhouette, you know, I, I will buy into them. Um, yeah. But I think the the one brand I've been very loyal to over the years is Ralph Lauren. Um, okay. 
I've really felt the shirts have been amazing um, and mm. it, I'm quite a broad lad. So to find mm. a shirt that actually fits me on my shoulders and my chest is, is you know, uh, really good. But, you know, I, I kind of appreciate, you know, really good manufactured brands. Um, frac caps have been probably one of my favourite boots that I've ever bought. Um, okay. yeah. And it's kind of an alternative to the stereotypical uh, red wings that everyone buys with when they're into denim. But, you know, I've always, always admired barber as well. I've always appreciated a good, a good barber jacket because, uh, mm. you know, it's, it's an investment, but they last, you know, they stand the test of time. Um, but I'm also into outdoor brands as well. So I do a lot of hiking and walking and, um, okay. you, you know, I've started to broaden my horizons with some of the brands out there, Alpkit, Solomon, Berghaus, mm. um, you know, when I was part of VF, I really did milk the, the, uh, the, the discount on North Face. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got East Pack as well, haven't they? I don't know if they've still got that, but I know. Yes, they have. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. And um, can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to at the moment with Wrangler? What's 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 happening in the future with Wrangler? What 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 can our listeners expect to see with the brand? I don't know for next year. What's what's coming through, Luke? We've got a lot of global plans to be in. You know, to be fair, in the pipeline for Wrangler. Um, yeah. We've got a lot of sustainable plans at the moment. Um, okay. We've really got some great initiatives to. To change not only as a brand, but, uh, you know, as a company and also, you know, as an industry as well, um, without speaking selfishly, you know, it's something that has really been, um, you know, it's really been the talk of the, the town um, ever since Stacey Dooley did the BBC Free yeah. show. Um, and, you know, Denim really got a bad light sh- sort of shone on it. And, and you know, we... we we're pretty much the worst to be fair we're the worst part of the industry mm. in terms of sustainability and uh, that was a big big statement to be kind of made and we had to really think on our toes of, of one being a heritage denim brand like how could we pioneer something that could change and and, and make us more green and more mm. ethical and um we pioneered a new foam washing technique which basically eradicates uh, 100% of water wastage wow. which is you know really really great technology and mm-hmm. um, we haven't we haven't been selfish with it don't get me wrong you know there's been a lot of change behind the scenes with the factories getting a lot more partners to kind of work with this technique um one that's because it needs to be done but two it also helps develop for the future uh, another denim brands to you know use this technique become more sustainable but also helps drive the cost down yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know there's more kind of vendors out there working with this new technology then you know the the, the sort of adverse effects is it brings the price down so um you know that's really really exciting for us um you know there's some really really strong techno technological uh developments in like laser washing and then we also have um we also are using different fabrics, so 100% more organic cotton. Mm. We're also using hemp fabrics now. So yeah. there's a lot going on from the sustainable side. Right. Okay, that's cool. That's that's really good to hear, actually, because you're right. I mean, 
pair of jeans. I can't remember how many thousands of gallons of producing the cotton to actually making the product. You know, it's 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 pretty intense the amount of water that's used. So, if they've got, if you guys have got a product or a development that can obviously reduce that in some way, then that's that's great news. And what about? I know you guys do a lot of collaborations, don't you? I think I remember seeing something about Bob Marley. There was something with the Bob Marley Foundation. What's what's all that about? Yeah, so um, we actually launched it in the US. Right. Um, so the, the Bob Marley collaboration basically just celebrates um, sort of the reggae icons, kind of like laid back style, um, which if you actually dig through the archives, there's a lot of Bob Marley images where he's actually wearing Wrangler. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wore a lot of the denim shirts, jackets uh, and, and jeans throughout the 70s. Yeah. And the, the best part of this collab is it's not just to to celebrate one Bob Marley, but also we're making a donation to the Bob Marley Foundation, um, which is a non-profit organization, uh, which is dedicated to social change through education, culture, and a community development of the Rastafarian community. So there's a lot more of a a deeper message and connection to this collab. Mm. As I said before, it was driven by the US, but... They might be a little bit coming into the UK market, okay, and that's, that's all I can say for now. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you can tell us about? Is there any other bits and pieces coming through next year, or is it all a bit top secret? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's a bit cryptic. I think uh, <laughs> you kind of figured that out from my from my LinkedIn conversation uh, yeah, just, a few weeks ago with yourself. Let, let me tell the audience um, about this. So basically, there was a, a post that Luke put out there, and he kind of uh, put a clue out. And I got it straight away and I contacted him directly. And we kind of had this conversation going backwards and forwards. You know, I want to ask you about that. If you can't say anything, that's absolutely fine. And we'll just, we'll obviously just wait. And then when it, when it all comes I'll through. I'll try and keep it as cryptic as I can for you. But, uh, but yeah, we, we basically have a new women's heritage global brand ambassador okay. next year yeah. who has moves like Jagger. Okay, <laughs> and if that isn't the uh, yeah, is that I mean, the most obvious clue? Then I don't know what is. Um, but nevertheless, you know, it's really exciting times yeah. for our, our women's business, yeah. and you know, I think it shows the kind of testament that we, you know, we're really looking to develop our women's mm. side of the business, yeah. um, and having someone as big as her yeah. Yeah. <laughs> will be really, you know, we're a really great asset for the brand. Yeah, great profile. And, and again, you know, Wrangler is kind of, there are a number of brands out there, aren't there, that generically are kind of one gender. You're not one gender, but you associate them with a particular gender, you know? And I think having more diversity there and obviously opening up the, the product range and getting those types of icons involved i think it can only help obviously it's going to be good for you and it's going to be good for the audience and good for the consumer so that's really good that's really exciting and what what just to finish uh luke what kind of advice would you give to someone we touched on it earlier about trying to break into the industry what do you think someone if someone's listening to this podcast now and thinks i'm in retail yeah I love it, but I want to get out and I want to get on the road and I want to enjoy a different side of the industry. What kind of advice would you give somebody? Um, I think to me personally, you know, there's so much from the retail life that you can trans- transition into this role. You know, don't give up if you really want to do it. You know, just put feelers out there. You know, there's so many opportunities, um, you know, for uh, new rep roles or account manager roles, whatever you want to call them nowadays, you know, get out there and put your, put your name forward because 
everything you do on the shop floor, you can do in a showroom. Yeah. You know, sales is universal, regardless of what product it is. You know, if you're confident and you're confident in what you're selling, you know, it'll work wonders for you moving into the into that side of business and everything you do in terms of like reporting, you pretty much do mm. very similar stuff within the account manager role. And, you know, if you're fortunate to to move into, um, you know, the rep roles or key account manager roles, the best advice I've ever been given is never burn bridges. Sure. Yeah. That's a really, the industry is small. Yeah. You will never know when you will cross paths in the future. Um, you know, I would also say celebrate your success. Mm. You know, there's, there's such, there has been such hard times, you know, there is hard times still now. And, you know, it kind of does seem a bit doom and gloom sometimes with all the negativity and the press and stuff. And, and, you know, as a team celebrate your successes, Mm. I think that can get lost sometimes, you know, retail and fashion can be tough, but just make sure you enjoy those success stories. I mean, you're right. It is tough, but it is the best job in the world when you're in it. And, you know, when you're doing what you're doing and everything's ticking and it's flying, it's amazing. I mean, just on that point, actually, obviously there are, there's Drapers, Drapers Online, you can go and you can see jobs there. There's Fashion United, you can go on their website and there's often there's jobs in there. And obviously there is specific agencies, employment agencies Correct. that just represent people in the industry. So there is work out there. It's just getting your foot in the door and and obviously making it work so cool well that's great I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and again it's really nice to listen to someone else that's done what I've done for many many years and obviously <laughs> I can hear your excitement and and enthusiasm for, for the industry and what you're doing so how can our listeners kind of connect with you Luke what's the best way for them to get in touch I mean feel free to connect with, with me Anytime on LinkedIn, you know, I personally love that platform. Yeah. Um, you know, I always like to to broaden my connections with with other industry professionals to keep in kind of touch with what those guys are doing as well. Mm. So, you know, it might be a brand, it might be a company, um, you know, so feel free to connect with me on there. You know, if you're interested in, in stocking the brand, you know, give oh, me a message on there as well. <laughs> Shameless sales pitch there for you. I wouldn't have expected uh, anything less, Luke. You can, edit, you can edit that one out if you like. But yeah, no, if you um if you're into your outdoors and you have Instagram, um feel free to follow me on there. Uh, I've got a page called uh, Luke Outdoors, okay. um where you'll see all my hikes, walks, and climbs, and more excitingly as well. Um the reason why I'm, I'm kind of developing that side of my Instagram is um, we're launching an outdoor brand for, for Wrangler Jeans, which I didn't touch on before, um, called ATG, which stands for All Terrain Gear. So cool. uh, my idea is that I'm going to test some of the product out on there. Excellent. So That sounds good. When's that coming out, Luke? Um, we've got a launch in Europe for Fall Winter 20, which is pretty much yeah. now. Um, and then we are launching in the UK for SS21. Excellent. All right. Well, people can get in touch. And uh, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks very much, Luke. And um, for all, you know, Pleasure. it's been really great. And uh, all the best, mate. And I'm sure I will see you down a carpeted aisle before too long. And uh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> all right, matey. Good stuff. No problem. Thank you no for having problem. me. I'll see you soon. Cheers, man. Speak soon. Bye bye. 
So that was Luke's story, and I'm sure it's not finished there. Hope you enjoyed that, everyone. And um, I genuinely wish Luke all the best in the future. I'm sure he's got a great time ahead of him. So so that was the perspective, really, from a key account manager. And in the next episode, I talk to a buyer, but not just any buyer. I'm going to be talking to a lady called Moira Race. And Moira has been in the industry for many, many years, and she's got a huge amount of experience. And we talk a little bit about what it takes to become a buyer and how she's helping people to do exactly that. So maybe that's of interest to you if that's a career you want to go down, or maybe you're a brand that wants to sit on the other side of the table and negotiate. So if that's the case, give it a listen. And until next time, I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Behind the Brands was brought to you in association with beforestores.com. Go check it out. You can discover new brands, meet the makers and their products before they go into stores. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to leave us a review. We'd really appreciate your feedback. You can also subscribe for future episodes by tapping the follow button wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, keep learning, keep listening and keep creative.